Well, as we come to the conclusion of our retreat, allow me, brothers, to reflect with you about what it means to be a disciple of joy. We've gone through the Mass, and as the beloved disciple at Mass, St. John, the last thing we have at Mass is the dismissal. Go in peace. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Go forth glorifying the Lord with your life. All three of these dismissals should bring us the elements of joy. You and I are called to be disciples of joy. And one of the greatest natural joys that we discover here on earth is the joy of a wedding feast. Many of you have been to wedding receptions and how much joy that comes through being there. One of the greatest experiences I've had uh, as, as, uh, when I was a missionary was uh, doing missionary work in South America, in Peru. And up in the Colca Canyon, in the little town of Lari, there was a mass being offered, and which is like the only mass throughout the week. So we got invited to go as missionaries. And so we went to this mass, unbeknownst to us, that it was actually a wedding mass. And it was beautiful because they got married, would have been end of June would have been their winter season, so they were all agricultural farmers, so they would have all their weddings during the winter, and so the whole town just shut down to celebrate in this, in this wedding. And when the bride and groom walked out of the church, they put them in this tent, and they processed them around town with a marching band in front of them, and they lifted them up on this tent-like thing, to show that this whole community is lifting up their marriage. And this party started at 10 o'clock in the morning, went all the way till midnight. Like, that was a really long wedding. Early the next day, we hear the tuba and the trumpets start going. We're like, what the heck? The wedding lasted seven days. Just like in the Jewish wedding here. It was a seven-day feast. And it says on the third day, they ran out of wine. Could you imagine what that'd be like? You'd be like showing up to a wedding at 5.30 in the afternoon and they run out of bush light. What are we going to do? How are we going to dance, right? Those white guys need a little beer to dance. We need that, and wine is considered a symbol in the scriptures. And the psalm says that wine gladdens the heart, that wine brings joy. And so there's kind of this this understanding that they recognize that Mary sees that there's a problem here. They have, no, they have no wine. Without wine, there's no joy. We need to have joy in marriages. And so what does she say? She tells them, do something about this, Jesus. St. Thomas Aquinas says that joy, the cause of joy, is love. The cause of joy is love in two ways. First, the presence of things being loved, that you are in the presence of the thing you loved. So we could say coming to Mass should cause us joy because we're in the presence of love incarnate, Jesus Christ. The second cause of joy is the goodness of the thing loved that exists and endures in our memory. So when we are dismissed from Mass, we should remember the good things that occurred to us, how God came to dwell in us, not just in a tabernacle made by hands, but he wants to dwell in our tabernacle, 
made by his heavenly father's hands. Pope Francis, a few years ago, once wrote, he said, A Christian man is a man of joy, with joy in his heart. There is no Christian without joy. They may tell you that they're Christian, he says, but they are not. They are missing something. He says the Christian identity card is joy, the gospel's joy, the joy of having been chosen by Jesus, saved by Jesus, and regenerated by Jesus. And that's why we come here today, to rediscover only the joy that Jesus Christ can give us. And there's going to be three things necessary for us to have that joy. The first thing is, and this is difficult, but it's obedience, right? <laughs> talking to my, I teach seniors at, at Pius and talking to them about obedience. They're like, Father, you're ruining our joy. I'm like, no. The gospel says, Mary tells the servers, do whatever he tells you. Become obedient. If we're obedient to the voice of Jesus, we will have joy. As lectors and acolytes, you guys are the servers in the gospel today, right? Jesus is the priest. You're the servers. You're the ones that bring the water to Jesus so he can transform it into wine. And with that becomes joy. And so we live out the commandments. Now, I'll tell you a story about how a man was disobedient. There's an ancient uh, parable, and it actually maybe is a true story. I don't know if it's a parable or a true story. But Alexander the Great, you all know who he is, right? He was the one that conquered the known world, one of the greatest of all generals. And he probably would have conquered the whole world if he did not die at an early age of a bloody nose. Um, but uh, Alexander the Great, uh, one time, uh, when, when you fought in his, his army... You had to be completely obedient to the rules. And if you were disobedient, it meant death. And there was one night in which a young soldier was supposed to be on guard and watch over the whole battalion. But he became drowsy and fell asleep. Well, Alexander the Great couldn't sleep that night, so he got up in the middle of the night and started walking around. And he came across this soldier. Typically what they would do is just douse him in kerosene and light him. They would burn alive. That was the punishment for being disobedient. But Alexander, he said, um, Soldier, do you know what the penalty is for falling asleep? And the guy said, Yes, sir, I do. Alexander the Great asked him, What's your name? And the guy says, Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great questioned him again. No, what is your name? He said, My, my name is Alexander, sir. Pretty sure he's about ready to be killed. The third time, and more loudly, Alexander the Great said, Tell me your name. The third time, the soldier said meekly, My name is Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great looked at this young soldier with a straight eye and said, Soldier, I tell you intensely, either you change your name or change your conduct. And isn't that with us, too? That by our baptism, we became part of Christ. And either we have to be obedient to his commands or we have to change our Christianity. Now, we don't want to change our Christianity. We have to change our conduct. So that's the first thing. In order to have joy, we need to have obedience. The second thing, 
We need sacrifice. Well, in order for you to enjoy a good T-bone steak, that Nebraska corn-fed beef has to be slaughtered. It needs to be sacrificed. In order for you to enjoy a good Merlot or Pinot Noir, the grape has to be sacrificed. Only through sacrifice can we discover joy. And we learn this, obviously, when you give birth to a child. Only through the sacrifice, the pain, does joy come into the world. But it's also true in the spiritual life. There's a story that you guys remember Archbishop Fulton Sheen once told. In 1911, during the Chinese Republic Revolution, in which they seized the Catholic churches and put priests and religious to to death, there was a story about in this rural village in China that they confiscated the Catholic church and they went in there and they totally demolished it. They knocked over the tabernacle and it fell on the floor. They didn't really know what was in there, but the host went all over the ground. They took the parish priest, they put him on house arrest right across the street. And they were going to burn down the church, but eventually they said, well, let's just wait until the general comes in town. So they put this priest under house arrest for a month. And he was there for a month. And every night he'd look out his window across the beautiful church that he once had. And he noticed this little 11-year-old girl. She'd come into the church, unbeknownst to the Chinese soldiers. She would pray a holy hour in the back. And after praying a holy hour, she would come up, sneak up behind the soldiers, kneel down on the floor, and receive communion with her tongue, placing her face to the ground. She would do this for 32 nights straight, until the last host was consumed. She would come, she would do a holy hour, she would then come up, receive communion, Well, on the 32nd night, after the last host was received, she walked out with joy in her heart, knowing that Jesus was not desecrated. And with that joy, caught the attention of the guards. And then they eventually found her, and they beat her to death. But it was the sacrifice of an 11-year-old Chinese girl that brought joy into her life. She had to risk and sacrifice her own life in order to come and receive Jesus. It's a lesson for all of us. The sacrifice of our time for our holy hour, the sacrifice of our treasure, the sacrifice of our talents. The third thing and the final thing is to invite. See, when we go to have host a party, we go through great lengths to send out invitations and you could imagine that this, at this wedding feast of Cana, you know, they invite a lot of their friends and family. Some people hypothesize it's um, Simon, uh, the apostle, who was the one that got married. But they had to invite their friends, their families. So they go through a lot of, a lot of trouble to invite people. And why do, we, why do we invite people to our own parties or our weddings, our own funerals? <laughs> I guess you can't invite someone to your own funeral. Um, But we invite them because they mean something to us, that these people who come into our lives bring us joy. Well, you could imagine what would have happened after this water is transformed into wine and the bride and the groom find out who did it. They must have been scratching their heads in, in thankfulness. They're like, man, I'm sure glad we invited Mary and Jesus to our wedding. Because 
when Mary and Jesus come deeper into our lives, the only result is joy. See, with Mary's constant prayers and Christ's loving touch, the water in our lives is changed into wine. Dullness and unhappiness is transformed into joy. I leave you with the words that the beloved disciple, St. John, wrote in quoting Jesus. I have told you all of this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete.